Welcome to Stop Back and Roll, a podcast about wearing a horned helmet that lets you capture game design ideas from enemies you meet in combat. I'm James. And I'm Brandon. Today we're going to be talking about the pacing mechanic behind Luchador Aton and making an item in Radcrawl. I have something that I think would be a good way for us to start out for today. Yeah. Uh, Big Bad Con has started its Kickstarter since the last time we recorded. Cool. Yeah, Big Bad Con, for anyone who doesn't know, is a tabletop and LARP convention that is uh, in uh, October. October. So it's October 10th to 13th in Walnut Creek, California, which would normally be way, way, way outside of anything that I would be doing. I've heard it's got some cool uh, stretch goals. Oh, it's got some. It's got some very cool stretch goals. Um, it's got uh, Hannah Schaefer, who is I'm like an enormous, enormous fan of the insurpassable Avery Alder. Uh, just some wonderful, wonderful folks. Uh, this this one dude, Brandon Leon Gambetta. Uh, never heard of him. Yeah, never heard of him. He sounds seems like he's the worst. Uh, but I I was set up as a stretch goal and am going to be at nice. that convention, which is really exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's making me re-evaluate uh, whether or not I want to go across country and try to attend, because if Brandon's going to be there, it's probably, <laughs> worth, it's probably worth going. Well, it's definitely one of those things that, like, that I would not have had any possibility of being able to do, right? Like, yeah. I am not at a financial point in my life that I am able to fly anywhere for a convention. Oh. It's so expensive. It's so expensive and like just everything. And so uh, I'm really, really thankful to Big Bad Con. And I think they're doing some really good work and making a really diverse, inclusive con. Um, that's something that they have been well known for doing for a while. And this looks like no exception to it. If you look at their Kickstarter, it's really it's it's very wonderful. And oh man, they funded so many of these people, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the people that I mentioned were not uh, by any stretch of the imagination the only people like it's it's so many wonderful people it's so many huh. wonderful friends yeah and this is very cool there also <clears throat> it was they also did the uh, DC launched uh, that Babylon Equity project which mm-hmm. is bringing I think like more people a ton more people a ton more diverse people it's all people of color and I think it's twenty people. I think it's about 20 people. It's another nice big group. So there, it's looking like there's going to be some very fun stuff there. And so I'll be there yeah. running Pasión de los Pasiones, running some masks. Uh, I think I'll be running a... Ooh, I don't know if I can say this. I will say this. <laughs> I'm going to say this anyway, uh, because my hype cannot be controlled. I will be running a version of Pasión de los Pasiones that I hope is similar to a final version. Ooh. Let's say that. Let's say that. Interesting. Yeah, I don't, it's, I can't make any sort of promises or anything, and obviously changes might happen after the convention, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I hope for it to be a near final version of Pasión de las Pasiones. Nice. Yeah. Which is bittersweet. Yeah. Mostly sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but that's very cool. Um, I've heard, I've heard, like, Big Bad Con is one of the cons that's been on my list of, like, 
like I've just only heard good things. Yeah. Like I, 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 there are a lot of cons, especially like smaller mid sized cons in like the Connecticut area that I've heard like mixed reviews on. Yeah. Like maybe they used to be good, but aren't good anymore or they or whatever. Um, and big bad con is like one of the cons that I've only heard good things about. And so it's been on my list of things to try to like figure out how to get to. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, this, this know, we'll see. came out of nowhere for me. Like I just, I, I was the worst. I saw the email like the day before <laughs> they were going to launch the Kickstarter. And I was like, hey, oh my God, I missed this. Uh, but anyway, it's definitely. Uh, so Brandon's going to be going. Yeah. So go to see him if you're in the area. And let me know if you're going to be there so we can meet. Yeah. Um, so uh, what did I want to say? Um, more bookkeeping stuff. Uh, last last week we t- <laughs> the two weeks ago we talked about hitting that one hundred and fifty dollar Patreon goal. Uh, turns out I can't read numbers good, unfortunately. Um, and so we are only at one hundred and forty six <laughs> or one hundred and forty seven dollars <laughs> out of fifty. But um, I think that that is close enough that we are going to continue trying to plan <laughs> what a an online episode of oh. of this show will look like. I thought it was. I thought this was the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon one that you really, really, really badly. No, hit. no, no. And I was no. like, oh, okay, we're stretching the rules now on this, James. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, that's okay. the that's the I think the, the, that is the two two three. I think it's a three hundred dollar one. Okay, so we're a little ways away yeah, from that. We're still, away from that, but. But if we time uh, that right, we can yeah. do it while I have a newborn baby, mm-hmm. and and then I'll be sleep deprived as I'm learning about the Dungeons oh, and Dragons cartoon it'll be show. So good, like that's that's uh, so move on this quickly to help get yeah, that goal get us up to three hundred at like the worst opportunity that it could possibly be at. Yep, <laughs> but but it'll be so good. It'll it will be, be so good. I be. promise you that show is 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 bad in a great way. Um. So let's just get and, into this. And I promise show. you that in the live episode, Pippin will make an appearance. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll show. That'll his be great. Pretty, pretty face. So, uh, whose topic do you want to start with? Um, I think we should start with mine because sure. uh, I think there's less of it because I haven't like fully formed it. I I, I had said at the la- at the, the, the end of last episode that I wanted to spend some time thinking about the how the plotting for um our. Uh, Luchador Raton um, game is going to work. Oh, you mean the Razors and Feelings Killer? I mean, what? Yes. Yeah. What? Uh, someone <laughs> called it, or some someone suggested we call it "Of Mice and Masks." Oh, I, and saw I that. love that That's so, so good. much. I think that definitely needs to be the subtitle of the of the game or an expansion. I don't know that or this is a game that needs an expansion. But so, um, yeah. So I, I had some ideas, and I wanted to pitch some things to you because I I'm like, uh, I. I feel pretty good about where I because we had so, so we had talked about um, wanting it to look less like the straight up lasers and feelings create a space adventure. Yeah, where you roll like this is the thing that's the threat and it wants to do this. Yeah, to the thing and which will do this. Yeah, definitely um, move a little away from that. And and so here is what I've come up with. Okay, um, I want to do so like. Here is like if I'm thinking back about what is the goal of this thing. Yeah. The goal is to put it's to create NPCs, first of all. It's we're yes. basically like this is the same thing that, that um the same thing that we went into with 
the, the with the microscope hack that I wrote, uh, Signal Light, mm-hmm. where its whole goal was to set up a masks game. So the goal of every piece of it should be to create things that will you will use. Right. Yeah. During the game, and so. Uh, and so I think, first of all, I want to change or, or tweak the things a little bit. Okay. Um, and so specifically, I want to say it's going to create people. Yeah. Um, I think that it will be like, I want to have a, a group, like a, 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 or a D6 where you roll to generate um, NPCs. Those NPCs are going to be neutral, I think. Okay. Or So like, this is, this is based off of... Um, Okay, let me back up. <laughs> this is sounding a little bit like, um, almost like mission accomplished. So here is what I want to do. I want to be able to. Cr- I want the thing to create set pieces and and things to play around with in the scenery. Okay. I w- I love the idea from, um, Hot Librarians that the this story you are rolling has some subjectivity to it. Okay. And yeah. so I I don't want to dictate that like. There is the there is a cat and the cat is like by definition the bad guy. Yeah. Like the cat is probably a bad guy, but maybe in this one case the cat is doing something good. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I want to leave that up see an opportunity to make that like more nuanced. Yeah, and I want to I think I think I want you to roll more than once. Um to create maybe two or three people. Okay. Um, because I, and then we'll have to tweak to see whether or not we're creating people or groups of people because it's very like, it's very red wally to have like, what does like the, the group of like the weasels or the, or the cats or the whatever, yeah, um, yeah. the rogue group of mice, um, that live in a different castle. Like, and so I think, it, I think it might be some combination of both, um, and so I, I like the idea that you roll and then you maybe you roll a couple times and you have a couple pa- a couple pieces on this board. And okay. I think that I really want and then so then you need to have some locations. Okay. Um I th- I agree. And so I want to create at least one or two locations. Um so this is where I'm imagining you roll like at least twice in each chunk of the table. Okay. Uh, yeah. just to have have a little bit of variety. Mm-hmm. Because and I'll explain why in a moment. Um, and then I want to have like what is the um, this is where like I'm struggling to sort of like what fr- how to phrase this. I have sort of in our notes document I called it like goals or rewards. Yeah, it's the like are they looking for the holy grail? Are they looking for the briefcase full of, of money at the top of the ladder? Yeah. Are they like, what is the thing that has brought all of the people together? Yeah. It's the like inciting thing. Um, because I can see it being like the search for the holy grail or the, the big tournament that brings everyone together. Um, and it's not necessarily like, you're trying to stop them from do. You're like you're not trying to stop the tournament, or maybe you are. And 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 so it, it's like um, it's again. I don't think it's positive or negative. Yeah. It's just the thing that brings everyone together. There is a wrestling tournament happening, or yeah. there is a ancient mouse sword that is hidden in a mountain that it, people are or in a in a stone. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so. And so those are the kinds of, and, th- and that's actually only really three categories. So maybe there were only three. Um, I mean, that's but, not necessarily a bad thing. There, I don't see no, any reason that it couldn't. 
be and so then here is sort of the larger scale of then what i think so we had talked about like a uh, a kanban board style thing mm-hmm. with different phases um and i really want to and, and i was thinking about what i wanted those phases to be and i really like the threat map from apocalypse world which yeah, is yeah. for those of people who don't know it's it's sort of a narrative relationship structure for all of the NPCs and locations in the world in relation to your p- player characters. It's really And neat. so it is literally it has it literally has a north, south, east and west. So like what is north of your characters? What is south of them? What is east and west? Uh, so that it also has up and down, which is for threats that are above and below the characters. So like if something if the if the airship of bad guys is coming, it's above the characters. If there's the mole people who are mining with their big uh, drill thing that's underneath the characters. I always then, like the the psychic maelstrom as an up threat. Like I know that the psychic maelstrom doesn't have to be a threat, but I like mm-hmm. it being one personally. Um, and then there is the. But also, the psychic maelstrom is explicitly the outside threat. Oh, is it? Okay, never yeah, mind. So that's the that other thing: is there is the inside and outside threat. Okay, and so inside is like threats from within the group, within the organization, within the local um, whatever thing that you're in, and then outside is things that are from like the beyond, things that are within in the psychic maelstrom, and, yeah. and even further. Yeah, um, I just want that to be a threat because that's important. Like that's a yeah, that's a staple. And then you and then you have. It's like a it's like a range finder. So mm-hmm. you have of those in those different directions, how far away from the players is that threat? That is maybe the slickest thing about this because it yeah. is essentially it's essentially like what uh, eight clocks. Mm-hmm. It's eight clocks that have like a setup of three spaces, and yeah. you don't necessarily need to have everything something in every direction. But, like, you kind of can and maybe should. And so, like, as your characters are describing the world, you're getting an idea of, like, yeah, to the east, there are these people, and these people are a threat because of this. And, like, that plays, that just plays, it works so well. Yeah. I want to play some Apocalypse World. (laughs) Yeah. I would GM some Apocalypse World if we we wanted to play with our group. Ooh, I would Um, play or GM Apocalypse World very happily. And so, so I think what I want for for this story for Luchador Aton, yeah, is I'm trying to hit two things. So, like, we, I, I don't know why I do this, but I think about the, I think about Redwall like it's a play, not, okay. <laughs> not maybe because not like, of you having like seen, but not the like Red the Wall opera, opera that I saw, but just <laughs> I think about it. I think I, I, I don't know. I like I think about it as a play. And so, and I think that there are a lot of things that relate between plays yeah. and wrestling events. Well, it's also definitely like it is a it is a story being told. You know, like yeah, there yeah. there that is a that is a good fine read. And so, um, so here's like I think this is what I I don't know if the Kanban board or like so I'm imagining a chunk of this story page that has segments, and you have written as you roll on the chart, you're charting out different some number of these things yeah uh whether it's one or two npcs or whatever and then locations and i want them and so i'm imagining that the categories are things more like they are in the wings which is like things that are off screen we haven't seen them yet but we know they're coming okay um upstage and downstage which are like things that are behind us or in front of us nice um 
And those are things that are like on screen or like as part of the story, but they're happening like like something that is upstage is like in the background uh, from the main characters um, versus something that is downstage, which is like closer to the audience. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know if I want to really have like an explicit in the ring, which is like what's going on, like the main focus. Yeah. But that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like what yeah. are, where some sort of a threat map style um, narrative positioning in the story. Yeah, I agree. I think that could be a nice way to look at things. I almost wonder about, you know, uh, Fall of Magic? I have heard of it, but I haven't looked at the rules yet. So that's played on a map. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that playing on a map necessarily makes sense. But if we're generating some settings, mm-hmm. it could be like a left to right map of uh of like where we're gonna have to go to and with like the settings generated down there hmm. and then like an upstage downstage setup of like where these things are happening what kinds of things need to happen so that you're like so you're almost like looking at so like basically the players proceed from left to right yeah and they have to deal with the things that are in those directions as well. I'm not sure. It was something that yeah, came to yeah, mind yeah. abruptly. No, I I don't hate that. I like that a lot. Because, because like, my th- like all of the mouse literature stuff is yeah. so much about journeys. Yeah. Which is super weird because all of the wrestling stuff is very much in the ring. <laughs> but but I think that there is a journey. There is there is a there is a temporal journey yeah, in most definitely. wrestling events. Um, and especially in, in, in Lucha wrestling where you have very, very strong characters. Yeah. Um, I don't watch a ton of wrestling, like just like WWE wrestling. So I, Mm -hmm. I, I I understand that there is story in that and that there are strong characters. Just Um, reading the descriptions of like the recent, um, I don't, I'm not going to remember the name of it. It was like the big wrestling event that everyone was tweeting about constantly just like seeing people talking about that it was so clear that like years of story and temporal yeah. distance had happened in this and that's like absolutely true and so i think that it's it can be some combination of that and then so i like the idea that you sort of say so you like you have this rough framework for a story laid out for you by the map itself and then i like the idea like we talked about almost like pre-planning some of the stuff yeah and so I like this idea that you roll on the on the on the chart a couple times mm-hmm. and then you say, well, we want to start at this location and we want to end at this location. Yeah. Maybe we won't fill in the like the middle sections, but we'll at least get the beginning and end. We know where the final battle or the final where is the big where is the tournament? Where is yeah. the sword? Where is the whatever it is that we're hunting where, where, for? Where's the wrestling match? Where is the wrestling match? Yeah. Um, and then maybe place some people along the way yeah. so that we know they were con- like, and then you could place them like with you to begin with mm-hmm. and they may become enemies sort of like enemies within. Yeah. But they're coming with you on the journey or they're starting with you or you're going to start by fighting them and you sort of lay out this narrative across this map. And then yeah. as things move, like as they move behind you, uh, like if you move on, from a group of NPCs. Mm-hmm. Well, that's signaling to the the to the 
to the GM that they are uh, they are in the wings, and mm-hmm. so it would be totally cool. Like if you haven't dealt with them, that if like if you then, choose to yeah. not deal with like a, po- a potential threat, then they just end up in the wings because you've moved on. But they could slide back into the stage. Yeah, as like um, a surprise. As a surprise. Oh uh, yeah, like a surprise tag in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, and I like the idea that then that does that hot librarians thing of saying. Okay, well, we know that the the goal or the the inciting incident, the thing that's bringing us all together, is there is the mouse sword in the stone, and so we are all going to be circling around that that mouse sword, and we are going to be trying to uh, pull it from the stone, and then there, and then we've drawn some NPCs of like the cat wizard and the the turtle. Uh, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, struggling to come up with animals. Um, <laughs> and maybe, like, maybe, maybe normally the cat wizard is the bad guy, but in this story, we actually want to play with the cat wizard as, like, the good guy. Yeah. Or maybe they're, they're a, they're an antagonist, but they're not a villain. Yeah. And so we can kind of position them on the map, um, to sort of represent that. And then as we move through the story, you move the sticky note that is the players or something like that. Yeah, uh, around. I like I li- this a I, I, lot. I'm growing on this idea. I like this idea of having it be a map. Yeah, that and you I think move along where it's at. Yeah, is, c- is good. Because then also, um, if you're if you're coming in and there's something in the for- if there's something that you skip and it ends up in the wings, then you just like bring it from where it was in mm-hmm. the first position to the wings of the second position. Yeah, or. Yeah, or you move it from like I th- I think it's almost I think I think I could see it almost be like um if you move ahead of something yeah. then it ends up wherever it is positioned to you it is in the wings. Yeah. And if the GM wants to bring it back and like uh include it again, they can either like surprise bring it in or they can move that thing up into like the upstage position so that it's behind you. Yes. And you, so your characters don't see it, but th- but the players do. Yeah. Yes, there, that's really good. I'm uh, realizing specifically that so like I think that what uh, what's like really ringing true with this map as I sort of process the idea of a of a like a um a map that you're moving along yeah is that for there is like a pacing issue in one shots where the players don't know where they are in the story mm-hmm. even though the GM probably yeah. does and so having this where we're like. We know that there we know where the end location is. Yeah. And so there is like when you're playing a I mean it's really true of any lo- any game, but when you're playing a one shot, you're trying to make sure you finish the story in the time frame you have. Yes. And so there's a lot of that narrative load on the GM. But if you say, here is the location that is the end of our story, well then when you get there, you know. You know exactly what it's going to be. And if you're not there yeah. and you're looking at the clock going, well, we've only got a half hour left. We better get to the end of the story. The players can help speed things up. Yeah. And having the option of moving things into the wings and stuff like that means you can just, you can jump forward more easily. And it means that the players will be allowed, because they know where the beginning and end is, it can let them go bigger. Yeah. Um, which is something that is important for both are genres of media. Yes, definitely. That's interesting. I I really like this take, James. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. 
I think it's it's sort of like this is why I wanted to bring it up because I was like, there's one piece like I I have this rough idea, but there's like one piece I'm missing, and I think that the like the the story progression map uh, is like what I need. Yeah, but there is always going to be some kind of a journey. Yes, and and even if you interpret the journey as the same wrestling ring week after week, it's mm-hmm. a temporal journey, and you're you're telling like the story of a few weeks. And yeah. I think that would work too. Yeah, I absolutely agree. That's really, this makes a lot of sense. I think, I think this could be an interesting bit in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I was trying so hard initially to make a game that was a little generic. And now I'm like, oh no, this is forming into something that stands on its own in a more interesting way. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering, I need to go back, and this is like a total off, um, uh, off from what we want, but I really want to go look at uh, Takedo, the okay. the board game, because that is a board game that is about a journey, and I kind of want to look at the way that it tells its its like it is a board game that has a left to right or right to left um, progression. Okay, and characters will fall behind and par- characters will get ahead, and that's, it's all a board game, so it's a little bit more mechanicy. But I'm kind of interested in how maybe how it does that. Is that the one where you're like? Ex- Exploring Japan. You're, you're, uh, yeah, you're pilgrims uh, going on a pilgrimage through Japan. Okay, I believe I have not. I, I think I, I might even own it. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I played it. Um, but that's that. That's kind of where I am right now with that. Awesome. Um, I need to. I need to like figure out what that's going to even look like. We talked about this probably being more than a one-page game, but I don't know if it's going to be. <laughs> Yeah, this is starting to sound increasingly like just like a straight up game. (laughs) That's fine. I I actually think that it is still a one page or two page game. I think that the map is probably something you draw out. Yeah, that could totally be. And not like just part of the game. All right. Awesome. Yeah. So that's kind of the end of that. (laughs) That's kind of where I am. (laughs) And and I'll keep checking in because I want to I want to keep trying to progress on that. Um, yeah. Oh, really quick. I do want to talk about. I made a little bit of progress on a space between. Okay. Uh, I basically think that I f- I may have figured out a very simple method of handling the shared information from uh, making it a multiplayer game. Oh, cool! That's a great thing to have figured out. I was I was really concerned it was going to be this big daunting task, and I kind of had this epiphany, and I was just like, "Oh, here's a really stupidly simple way to do this." Yeah. Uh, and I'm just like, all I'm going to do is the cards that have narrative prompts that establish uh, world-based story beats, they're just going to have some kind of a symbol on them. And so when you draw that card, you (laughs) You just see that kind of symbol on it. And then you have to just share that piece of information with the other teammates who would be affected by the world beat. That completely makes sense. Sometimes it's just just like, sometimes things are just simple. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like a, I was thinking because I was just thinking about that knowledge flow the other day and I was like, oh, here's how I do it. It's just really obvious. Why did I not think of this? <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that either. Like sometimes sometimes it is really obvious, but we can't find it yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I wanted it to be simple. Like I don't need it to be complicated. I would prefer yeah. it to be this. So anyway, <laughs> that's my thing. That's, that's the stuff awesome. I've been working on. That's fantastic. Uh, so I have been mostly doing my work in Passion, which doesn't make a whole lot of content for our show. Um, But I've been just writing and writing and writing. Uh, I actually 
had like a while that I was really struggling to write and feeling mm-hmm. like super discouraged by that. Oh, but that sucks. Yeah, just like I'd never really like got like the whole like writer's block thing because like, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you're doing like a written assignment for school or for work or something, it's like that's not writer's block. That's not wanting to work. Yeah. Um, and this is different. And uh, but I've blasted through it and like it's been amazing because I've just been nice. just like going making some I think some really good stuff. That I think people are really going to enjoy. But I also have my side project. <laughs> it's important. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes I have time that I can like do a little bit of game design stuff, but not enough that it like meaningfully is improving Passion, right? Like I yeah. need more time to meaningfully improve Passion. Yeah. Well, so like it, like today, for example, I was going to the grocery store before we recorded and still yeah. had like an hour. Yeah, yeah. And so like so I could you jumped do some, on Twitch. Yeah, I could do some writing in an hour, but I, I knew we were going to be looking at some rad crawl uh, stuff, and so I wanted it to be in a computer form instead of the uh, scrawling mess that uh, that it currently is. Uh, because currently it is a it is pieces of plain printer paper folded into six uh, into ninths with uh, scratchy writing on it. <laughs> I mean that's basically what uh, a space between is in, and I brought it to a convention. So <laughs> you no, you printed that. Uh, that's true, I did. Yeah, come on, give yourself some credit. Uh, so I now have version. Uh, point three of the minimum Ooh. viable product of Radcrawl. It has been very interesting too. I have not been able to like uh, catch most of your streams where you've been specifically working on this. Yeah, but it's been so wild just to see like from that initial spreadsheet that you started with. Yeah, have you, as you have iterated through what this game even looks like <laughs> to this, which is looking much more like a final product. Yeah, it's looking it's looking much closer. Um, this is definitely still far from a final product but it is getting increasingly close to something that people can use so uh what i now have is i'm focusing on the combat for the minimum viable product because this is a combat game you know like mm-hmm. this is a dungeon yeah. crawl yeah yeah um and for people who don't know rad crawl is my roguelike arena dungeon game which is a Powered by the Apocalypse legacy expandable card game. <laughs> that is only half of the uh, key phrases. Did I miss it? I, I missed a bunch. I feel like there's more buzzwords. Cause, well, because now Roguelike Arena Dungeon covers three of my buzzwords. Okay. Uh, so that helps. Uh, <laughs> it's a collectible card game. Yeah, it's it's a. It's not quite a collectible card game. It's an expandable card game. Is it a? It's a, did you say legacy? Oh, I don't remember if it's I said of, legacy. It's or kind not. of a legacy game. It it is a legacy game. Um, it's awful. <laughs> it's the worst idea I've ever come it's up with. It's got synergy. It. Oh yeah, definitely a synergy. It definitely has. Um, oh God, I should know more business <laughs> terms. Yeah, business words. Yeah. But anyway, um, let's get back to this game. Let's get back to this game. So. Uh, what That's it, for the business expansion of Radcrawl. Yeah, it'll be great. Replay as a businessman. Yeah. Um, also, part of the idea is that you're you have basically all of the items and boons and spells and abilities of your character are on cards. Yeah. And so you get those cards as you go through your dungeon, which is like an arena dungeon. So like, there's like an announcer and stuff like that, <laughs> and there's an audience, and it's like you know, 
it's very 90s in a lot of ways. Um, and it's also PBTA. Of course. Because of course. Uh, where I started was having basically a ton of moves. Like every single card would have its own move. And that was really hard in terms of both filling, like in it being too big for the card. Yeah. And also in it being uh, just work intensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the cards also have to level up because it's a legacy game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, th- you know what? Um, it's This is like, this ends up being like, you watched that, uh, the video on how the Pokemon yes. battle animations evolved over yes. the course of, um, mm-hmm. uh, over the years. And it, like, it just, just one of those things you don't think about. It. You're like, oh, if they add like four generations in, if they add one frame of animation, that's like, that's so much animation <laughs> because yeah. there are so many Pokemon. And that's basically exactly what was happening is it was like, Okay, so I've got this set up that uh, that each thing has its own move, and like I'm just gonna make it so that now I'm gonna add like some some ranged weapons. It's like oh, when I add ranged weapons, I need to add another ten moves. And it's like oh boy, <laughs> and every card at that point had five advancements. So like mm-hmm. if I add ten new cards, that is that's so much. That's that's like. It's not quite 50 moves, but it's almost that, right? Yeah. So I've simplified. Okay. Uh, So now the way it works is you have a basic attack move, Mm -hmm. uh, which is either the physical attack or the ranged attack, uh, and then you have things that modify it. So like crossblades... Sorry, Can I just ahead. stop you right there? Yeah, I love I love the term. I love the I love the move name Crossblades. I love Crossblades so also. It's I feel like that's really what we're going for because it mm-hmm. isn't about necessarily like yeah it is about defeating your enemy, but it's also about like you know crossing blades. Yeah. Um, to get like you know get the audience on your side. Although there's nothing in this about the audience. There probably should be. <laughs> uh, note to self. Yeah, you need uh, weapons that have flair that 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 uh make the audience like you even if they don't do damage. Oh, you mean weapons that have the stylish tag? Yeah. I'm a exactly. step ahead of you. Nice. <laughs> um so basically it is essentially directly engage a threat currently. It's going to be modified and played around. Uh but so you can resist or avoid their blows, take something from them, impress surprise or frighten the opposition, give an opportunity to an ally, whatever. But then you'll have an item that item will tell you what kind of a weapon it is. Uh-huh. It'll have damage and a couple of tags that give you like an idea of range and stuff like that. And because it has tags, you can have like some s- synergy between yeah. items. Yeah. Uh, it will have a little mini move of some kind, which either adds a new option or it gives you a move in the same way that like a playbook move does. And then there are five enhancements to every card. Okay. They're, they're, they're shared more often. Okay. One of them is almost always add an element, which is going to be Pokemon style that like some monsters have weaknesses and stuff. Uh, one of them is always name this weapon, which lets you write the name of the weapon permanently on the card. And one of them is always an enchantment, which you can only get from temples or from destroying bosses. Okay. So like if you are fighting the dragon, 
Uh, this is like, this is the lamest example. <laughs> uh, if you are fighting the dragon and the dragon has an option of the enchantment of dragon slayer, do plus one damage versus dragons. Then when you defeat the dragon and you do your treasure roll, you might get the option, choose an enchantment. And then you cross that off of the dragon, you put that onto a card, and now that is a dragon slaying dagger. Oh, that's very cool. Which encourages you also to play different dungeons, because every yeah. dungeon will then have different enchantments. Um, would it be, so if the, if the dragon has an enchantment and I choose to uh, cross that, enchantment off and put it on my sword yeah could, could you also do that or would we have to play through the dungeon a second time well so if we've defeated that if we've taken that enchantment mm -hmm. that enchantment is done oh, it's on one it's of our on. items okay but i think some bosses might have multiple enchantments that allow you to get a set bonus okay um Ooh, that's cool i like that a lot i like that a lot i like the that's idea very that like that's very monster huntery. Yeah, yeah, I like that idea of like so then you and then like everybody's set would be different also, which is cool. So like maybe your dragon slayer set is a dagger, a helmet and some boots and mine is an axe, a breastplate and a ring. I love this. This is so good. I love this game so much. I'm really excited about it. Like I I love Pasión de las Pasiones in a very different way. Yeah. Because yeah, it is yeah. Like, just, like, very important and personal to me. Uh, but I'm excited to get to put my full game design attention on this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so each of these, so you have a basic melee attack. I'm just yes. looking at these, these cards. Yeah. And so then, so say, for example, this first attack, or for this first uh this first dagger yeah. has the move when you strike a distracted enemy add a plus one D six uh, sneak damage. Yep. So you would roll your regular cross blades attack. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you land a hit, you would also roll add plus one D six damage. If the, if the, the enemy is distracted or is that a totally different thing? Yeah. So it's basically, it goes into cross blades. Okay. So uh, if you attack a threat with a weapon, uh, then you do the damage. Right, like you do the thing. Um, mm -hmm. If the enemy is distracted while you're fighting them, but there's still enough of a threat, then you would be using crossblades, right? Mm -hmm. If they are completely not a threat, then you would just be doing your damage, damage. Okay. because they're completely distracted. And then this, okay. then you would roll your standard D4 plus D6 and just do that damage, right? Oh, gotcha. If you are yeah, attacking yeah, yeah. them and they're fighting the paladin at the same time, or why am I using class names as though these things have classes? <laughs> but they're attacking somebody else at the same time. Yeah. Uh, then you would still get that 1d6 added to the damage you do if you hit them. I like this. And then they have different things like um, like the other dagger just lowers the, the, the opponent's damage by one or it's like when you mm -hmm. enter combat, when you strike with this weapon anytime. Yeah. And like um, this is it's the stuff is all over the place because I'm still working out what's going to work nicely and what isn't. Yeah. Um, but so like, my just guess like, is all over the place is going to work nicely. That's kind of my feeling also. I think that that there's going to be some weapons that are that are overpowered and some weapons that are underpowered, but as long as all of the weapons are fun, then it's yeah. okay. And it's going to make choosing different weapons feel like a different play style. Yeah. Like when you play with this dueling sword, you're just going to be disarming people left and right. And yeah. if that's what you want to do, then that's cool. Yeah. Um 
and I, I might change how that one works. I'm still playing with stuff. Um, but like basically, so what I have currently, is it boring for me to just go through the cards I have? Uh, I would say let's not do... like describing them in full, but just like saying what they do in a general sense. Um, that feels a little boring. Pick like one or two, like because some of these are really cool. Okay. Um, or I could pick one or two. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, why don't you pick one and I'll pick one? How about that? Sure. There we go. There's two of us. Yeah, sure. So just from your from these melee cards, which of, which is your favorite? <laughs> I my favorite is the spear. Oh, that was the one I was gonna pick. <laughs> uh oh, that's that a bad is so sign. good. No, it's um, a good sign. That's a good weapon. Yeah, but that's a bad sign that the other ones aren't fun enough yet. Um, so it's two handed. It does one d eight damage and has reach. And you add put your enemy where you want them to your options on the move. Uh, it also the individualized bonuses it gets are gain one piercing and gain one armor while using it nice nice i like the i like and so you could you would be unlocking at some point one or more of these um enhancements yeah exactly so like you start out with zero of the you start out with none of the uh advancements right Mm -hmm. but as you go through and gain experience in the game you unlock advancements and then Mm. that advancement is permanently unlocked yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. I think one of the things that I, I'm going to cheat a little bit and talk about too. Okay. I like the I like the differences between the two axes. Okay. Because the one is when you like basically get a critical hit, mm-hmm. you do terrible damage, which adds extra damage. Yeah. And the other one is you can spend a fury to slice through a bar or chain or something in the in the environment. Yeah, just like instantly, no need for a And roll. so they're both about like heavy damaging strikes, but one is about adding extra damage in combat and one's about like doing uh stuff against the environment. Yeah. And which is very cool. And you can see how like things could start to come together and build like really mm-hmm. like powerful weapons. Like I was looking at the axe and going like, okay, if I were I was looking at the actually all the the cards and i was going if i wanted to make a weapon that was just completely overpowered against one kind of enemy how would i do it <laughs> and i looked at the the axe that slices through chains or bars because it gets add 1d6 damage versus constructs oh uh, yeah and then i would choose that i would choose an element that also tends to damage constructs and my guess is that constructs tend to have uh armor and so the adding damage to their armor lowers it by one uh that is an axe that kills constructs, and if I kill a construct <laughs> boss, I can just have, like, the robot killer. Nice. See, I was actually thinking that combining that with the spear would be cool, because you could uh, spear them into a location you want, mm. and then, like, use the axe to drop to a drop chandelier them. on them. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and so, like, that is the kind of feel that I want to have, is just, like, these, like, really... Like interesting synergy movement filled combats and like weird synergy. Have you, items. this is going to seem like a really left field uh, question, Okay, but have you played into the breach? No, you should play into the breach. Okay. Um, or look into it a little bit. It is a, it's sorry. It's not a pen and paper game. It's a, no, it's, it's a, a video um, game. It's a video game about like max. Yeah. It's about the group of people. Who, it's sorry. It's by the people who made, um, uh, FTL. That's what it is. Um, and I watched a really interesting video about them recently and their like design process. And one of the things that they said was, um, so they had like two design principles going into that game, mm-hmm. which is that they wanted it to be like chess, 
So it's okay. like about again, it's that moving pieces around on a board. Yeah. Um, and and from a combat perspective, when you kill all of your enemies, that's not fun because then there's no more things to do. Yeah. Um, and they wanted to have uh, collateral damage. So like you are you are there defending cities. Yes. And so they said that one of the things that was very interesting was that that freed them. So if the goal is only to defend, like it's not to defend yourself, it's to defend the cities and your goal is not to destroy your enemies. It's to like outlast them or something. Mm -hmm. Then it gives you a lot of freedom to say, well, okay, well our attacks don't have to do a ton of damage. They can do other effects like move people around or put a status effect on them. Um, And then, and so then you have a team of three mechs and they are, um, you start with like a basic team of like mm-hmm. pretty standard Beck units, like a human Gundam thing, a regular tank, and then like an artillery unit. Yeah. But then there are other teams you unlock uh, that have different things, like one that's all artillery or one that's all chain weapons or one that's all airplanes. And then there, are, and then you can do custom teams where you can mix and match those mechs. Yeah. And, and I think I'm seeing a lot of that in this where it's like yeah the the different synergies between these weapons have cool like they each do a cool thing on their own but they also have cool interactions with each other absolutely um like if you have the dueling sword if one person has the dueling sword and one person has the distracted dagger or whatever like it, they're they yeah, yeah. just have like kind of item names but to, just to differentiate um then if someone has just been disarmed they're probably distracted because they're trying to get their weapon back. Yeah. And you're going to do more damage. Mm-hmm. It's like just like putting different things together, I think, is a lot of fun. Which also fosters teamwork, which is cool. Exactly, because you're not going to be characters that are necessarily well bonded to each other because I think it is going to be a roguelike and you're going to die all the time. Yeah. So you won't have strong relationships with each other yet. But I also love that the fact that they are, they all have a very specific thing that they are good at. Yes. But like you said, like, Maybe this 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 construct killing axe is just objectively more overpowered than the the dueling sword. Yeah. But if I am a person, so you, if you have the dueling sword and I have the distracted dagger, then I do the most damage if you're constantly disarming and distracting people. Yeah. And if you see this other construct's axe, you're gonna be like, oh, that's the one I really always wanted. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna be like, but our but our our thing, but our <laughs> like the thing that made me cool. Like how how could you give that up? Like. <laughs> I don't I don't want you to do that. I want you to stick with this weapon that isn't as good because it makes me cool. Yeah. And like and the idea being just that that you are playing relatively short games mm-hmm. and that any game you do gets you closer to everybody being more awesome. Yeah. Because at very least you've I mean, I guess theoretically you could play and not get an advancement, but you've probably gotten some kind of currency. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz there's probably going to be like a a leveling up of your, um, of like your, I, I, I don't know exactly what to call it, like your guild or your, your promotion, leveling up your promotion. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, so do you want to talk about, uh, ranged combat or spells or something? Or, and do you have something, did you want to get to actually writing enchantments? Is that what you were, where you wanted to get to eventually? I don't know. So, so the enchantments are like something that's done on the, um, on the level of the, dungeons um so like if you so each dungeon has specific enchantments right Mm -hmm. i was thinking if you wanted to we could write a card sure is it do you want to add a card to the mvp 
Yeah. What's, what's your, so what's your favorite favorite fantasy thing? Fantasy thing. Like favorite um, fantasy item, favorite fantasy spell, whatever. One thing that I wanted to say before we get to that though, yeah, is um, from my experience about card-based games with prompts and stuff from yeah. uh, A Space Between, is you will at some point write uh, uh, an enemy like the dragon, and you'll be like, okay, here is this enchantment, and this enchantment is ideal for that construct killing sword. Yeah. And someone is going to put it on something else, and it's going to be so much cooler than you ever imagined. <laughs> Well, that's perfect. That's exactly what I want to see. Because, like, I want I want this to be a game that you play for a relatively short amount of time. Like, yeah. it's like it's a sit down and play quickly sort of game. And, like, what that means is it isn't, it isn't bad to play on somebody else's deck, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if, if you and I both have a deck and each of us have been playing with our own home crews, when we get together, we can either play a, we like it's just the cards right it's just the mm-hmm. items so like individual players could play with their own individual decks in theory hmm. yeah right? like that might be unbalanced depending upon what people have <laughs> purchased yeah 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 um although I'm, I'm gonna try to avoid power creep if i can yeah yeah okay so fantasy thing i'm trying to think um and, and so like this can be anything like because i'm trying to keep this pretty open and see like mm-hmm. what i can work out like I'm trying to make it, I think the way it's going to work is almost everything your character has that's specific about them is items. Um, so I don't like, I don't think you're going to have like the barbarian playbook. Yeah, right? I gotcha. Um, do you want to do some armor? We could do some armor. Sure. Um, or alternatively, I have a couple of armors, but we can also do some, I just haven't put them into the mm-hmm. document yet. But we could absolutely, like, whatever, what is the cool thing? What is a cool thing you like? I want to like, do a helmet. In, you want to do a helmet? Cool, let's do a helmet. I'm trying to think of what a cool fantasy thing a helmet could do. Yeah, because that's basically, like, the starting point, right? Is, like, what is the cool thing that this fantasy thing can do? Yeah, okay. So, I like the idea of a cool helmet that is... Like, I'm imagining something that's shaped like an animal or something. It's not like a standard helmet. Okay. Um, and Do you think it's more of an armor or more of an accessory? I think it's definitely still an armor. Okay, It's cool. definitely an armor. It's protecting your head. Um, uh, my, my, oh, my gut instinct is always to go like crazy goofy on these things. Uh, I, know, <laughs> and I don't know if for, your, like. for your default uh, playbooks and stuff. You well, want remember, that goofy. This is the minimum viable product. We're figuring out what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. Um, um, let me just quickly write down the things that, as I understand it, we will need for this thing. Okay. So as an armor, it needs, like, the name of what it is, right? And so, like, the name of what it is shouldn't be very specific. Yeah. Um, we could call it helmet for now. It's a, yeah, it's a helm. Uh, it's a helm, specifically. Okay. It's just a helm, yeah. And, like, you can describe it in some other way if you would like to. But, mm-hmm. like, the idea should be when it gets its magic item name, the player is inventing that. Mm-hmm. Um, it should probably have an armor rating. Yeah. It's low. Uh, it's a low armor rating. Okay. Let's make it armor one. Yeah. I have no... All of the numbers. I have <laughs> yeah, no clue. I, yeah. But it's low. Cool. Um, then it is going to need an effect. 
So and it's going to need um it's going to automatically have add an elemental resist. Mm-hmm. Um unless there's a very reason for good reason for it not to. Um oh, basically no, like yeah. a way like basically like if you choose fire, it resists fire. Cool. Okay. Um can I give it another tag? Heck yeah, you can. I'm gonna call it a god yeah, gaudy? Here is what I think that this thing does. Okay. Um, uh, or here's what I would like it to do, and then maybe you can help me transform that into words that are part of the game. Perfect. Um, yeah, because some I have some words that are part of the game and some words that aren't. I like that it's um so this is my idea. It yeah. is a it's a it's not very armoring, but okay. it's a it's a big gaudy helmet that okay. has antlers or something on it. Yeah. And so I would love for the effect to be if someone hits you. There, there's a chance that their weapon gets stuck in the big gaudy antlers. Oh, cool. We could make this a horned helm. Okay. Like that's that's not that's not too much to mm-hmm. to do because that way we show what it what it says. Okay, cool. So uh, let's see. Uh, we could make it something like when an enemy attack does zero damage against you. Yeah. Or that might that might be too. How are enemies dealing damage to players? I guess they, I don't know that. So when you uh, take an attack, when you take an attack either by uh, crossing blades or by taking damage, mm-hmm. uh, they are making like they're making a die roll of some kind. Okay. So um, when when the enemy attacks, um, if an, so, it's it's if you roll an attack um, and then don't block all the damage, is what it is. Uh, I mean, so... Oh, I'm, so it's if you I'm don't resist or avoid their blows. Oh, yeah, I forgot resist or avoid their blows was an option. I was just thinking, oh, yeah, 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 you're right, exactly. So you so take what damage if, if you don't resist or avoid their blows. What if it is, if you choose not to resist or avoid their blows, Yeah. roll a die, and there's a chance that it, like, their weapon gets stuck? Cool. I mean, maybe that's 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 terrible, but... I like the idea that you would intentionally choose to take damage in exchange for. I mean, you know what this could also be when you take damage from an armed enemy. Okay. Roll. How do you want to do this? We could do it as a full move. Roll. Roll plus. What's the stat? Um, I don't even know what the stats are yet. Wisdom. Mm. Mm-hmm. On a hit. <laughs> uh, on a hit, catch their weapon? Yeah. This is too many words for this card. <laughs> yeah, it is. But, like, you know, we're, we can we can bring we can, things this is down. This first draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and I feel like on a seven to, uh, let me see. When you take damage from an armed enemy, roll plus wizard on a hit, catch a weapon in your horns. Uh, it should be like a, um, hmm, no. Because I don't want don't, it to be a disarm. You don't want it to be a disarm, okay. No, I think, because I think that that takes away from the specific disarming sword. I can see that, but not necessarily also. So what if, what if on a hit, on like, on a hit, catch the weapon in your horns, binding them to you. Mm-hmm. 
Because mm. my other thought was on a seven to nine, you catch their weapons, but disarm them. And so you've lost control of their sword and they can just go get it. Oh, okay. Versus like it's caught up in your helmet and you okay. have kind of control over where they are. That was my thought process. Yeah. If we're going to allow it be a dis- to be a disarming thing. Um, let me I see. mean, this could be the ideal helmet to get along with your your sword, with the yeah, disarming sword. Okay. Um, so catch the weapon in your horns. On a hit, catch a weapon in your horns. On a t- how would have on a ten plus, you can choose to bind them to you or disarm them. Mm-hmm. And on a seven to nine, you just bind them to you. Yeah. Perfect. It's a little bit long, but we could probably make it yeah. less wordy. Yeah, All right. There you go. So uh, then your options are you add an elemental resist mm-hmm. because all of them do that. All the yep. armors, essentially. Um, what are some other things? Another thing that I have not mentioned that I have thrown at the wall is some items may have bonuses that you have to get in a certain order. So, hmm. Oh, and the bonuses can be weird stuff also. Yeah. Like the the horned helm could be something that makes it so that it's easier to, uh, it could make, oh, you know what? The horned helm could do extra damage when you bind somebody. Okay. Yeah. How about, um... It, it, when you uh, uh, when you cross swords with someone you you're bound with, it does extra damage. Mm, nice, because you're all like up in their business. How much extra damage does it do? Um, it does. Uh, what's a the dagger is one d four. Yeah, just do one d four for now. Cool. That's probably too much, but mm, who knows? Maybe this is maybe this is a fancy nice rare one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm so unconcerned about uh, balance. <laughs> it's like it has a dagger on your head. Yeah, it's a dagger cool. on your head. Um, and then it, um, let's see, what else could a cool uh, horned helmet do? Um, you could raise <laughs> your your armor. Could... Although you wouldn't want to raise your armor. Um, yeah. I was thinking... Um, <laughs> Could it store another weapon or something stupid? <laughs> um, or like hang an extra could. item on it? Yeah, you like, could. You oh yeah, you could hang an accessory on it. Yeah, hang an accessory. It counts as, on it. It counts as a hand for um for hand accessories. Yeah, <laughs> that's so dumb, but I love it. So like you could wear a ring on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, that's so good. I'm All sorry right, it's awesome. too long, but it's No, I don't care. Um this is this is purely things I I do not care at all about the formatting. Yeah, I have yeah, no yeah. idea what the format is gonna look like. <laughs> well, that's cool. I'm glad yeah. we've done this. Yeah, so now uh now the horned helm exists in the minimum viable product. Nice. Uh which means it probably will exist in the base game, would be my guess. Nice. Uh unless I end up like porting it over to like a druid a druid expansion or something yeah um but that's basically all i have to do to make items now that's pretty cool 
which you can see that's like so much easier than what I was doing before with like and I five like, different advancements yeah. and stuff. I like that because they're not all the same trigger too, that you could have like a couple different things that whenever you took an action or stepped into battle, maybe more than one of them would trigger and you'd almost have yeah. a little bit of a, like a, a snowball effect just on your own items. Absolutely. Yeah. Like there is, um, uh, this isn't written down yet. Uh, but I have the nature's mail, which I may, I may actually take out mm-hmm. because it's a little similar to the horned helm. Enemies who strike you take one D four damage. Okay. Uh, so basic. Oh no, it's not too different. Cause this no. one is catching the blade and taking it away from them. this is just doing damage. So if you have the horned helm and the nature's mail, uh, mm-hmm. and an enemy strikes you, then you're getting to do, a lot you're getting to take your weapon and hurt them. <laughs> and if you just cross yeah. the blades of someone that where you're bound with them, it's an extra D four. So like, this is, Ooh, this is how you should it all find, works. Um, things that also trigger other people's weapons. So yeah. like a sword that when someone else deals damage, you get to make an extra like cross swords yeah, attack so that definitely. you like chain attacks and do combo stuff. Yeah. Nice. I like this a lot. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be, like, probably a little silly. Yeah. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Dungeon crawls are ridiculous. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no. My favorite genre of magic is the, like, 90% classic fantasy with, like, 10% wacky stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, one of my favorite fantasy novels had a character who um, had a bazooka, but it was a big, like... um, it was a big metal tube that had a fire demon trapped in it and the trigger <laughs> opened a little door and the fire demon would get angry and spit. <laughs> and that was, and that was the, what the bazooka did. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, like I think I don't want it to be, I think I don't want the base game to be like super, super ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I want there to be like some fun stuff and like, what I'd like to do, be able to do eventually is like go to a convention and have a weapon or an item that is that from that convention. Right. Yeah. And just be able to like play with that kind of stuff. And you can see it's so easy to make one. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, do a limited just, run. Yeah. And to do like expansions, do themed cards, all of that. Nice. I'm, yeah. I, I love this a lot. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess reach out to us. Uh, to talk to, uh, uh, to pitch new ideas for uh, weapons and stuff to Brandon, help yeah. him do uh, his game design. Um, and if you can think of any like uh, theater or wrestling specific terms for that's better than just in the wings and upstage, downstage, like hit me up. I want to know some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, the best place to find us for that is probably Twitter, where you can find us both together at Stop, Hack, and Roll, or individually, I'm at End the Meltdowns. And I'm Dr. Captain Kobold. You can find all of our episodes, links to some of the games we've been working on, and a little bit more at www.stophackandroll.com. You can email us at either James or Brandon at stophackandroll.com. If you like our podcast and would like to help other people find it, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Those reviews help people to find the show by making recommendations uh, based on what you listen to also. Like I said, we are very close to that 150. I think we're at 147, so only like one small number dollar value backer will help us get over to that, and then you'll get to see this whole process live um, for <laughs> however much fun that is. Um, but but uh, so to speak to that specifically, we make this podcast with the support of our Patreon backers. 
Uh, we'd like to welcome new, our newest backer, Oliver Perks, as well as thank some of our old favorites like Panic Productions, Justin Hunter, Spencer Austin, Alice Tobin, Aaron Olson, Chris Wittich, Jimmy Rogers, and Evan Nyquist. If you'd like to help support this show and future shows from our network, check us out at patreon.com slash stop, hack, and roll. If you can't financially support us, that's totally fine. Come join our community and be part of it. Uh, talk to us. Give us ideas for episodes. Tell us what you want to hear us talk about. Um, tell us what cool games you're working on, because that'll give us ideas, and maybe we can help you or find someone who wants to help work with you and do a podcast of your own or something like that. Like Crazier things have happened. Um, and so you can join our community. Our Discord is a great way to do that um, by going to tinyurl.com slash shrdiscord or discord.stophackandroll.com. So, James, I've got an idea for a new item. Okay. It's basically like an ion stone, and it like yeah. flows around your head, and it makes it so that when you attack a construct, you yeah. do an extra 1d12 damage, because constructs are just going to be bad in this game. Yeah. And you can also spend a fury to make sure that you don't forget to stop, hack, and roll. <laughs> 